0: What's up, everybody? Uh, another episode of First with Foremost, episode number eight. Um, I'm told this is a a number that if we get past, then we're going to continue to do it. So I'm glad we're here. Uh, I got Andrew with us again, and then we got a special guest today, which is one of my best friends, Chris Stowe. Uh, we've been in bands together. We've been in multiple situations together. <laughs> I guess you want to call that. <laughs> um, you might know him from a million awesome night bands, marathons. Uh, night marathons. You may have talked to him uh, via AF Records. So, yeah, what's up, Chris? How you doing, uh, man? I'm doing okay.
1: How are you cool. guys doing? I'm I'm doing all right.
0: Good. Yeah, I think we're I think we're doing good, man. Yeah.
1: It's nice and chill. Kids yeah. sleeping.
0: Yeah. All right. All things are good. Yes. Yeah. It's dad time, huh? It's dad time. Cool. Yeah. And you're and thank you for spending it with us. Yeah, man. Sure. <laughs>
1: Thanks for coming. Yeah, the uh only had to read three unicorn books tonight. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Not too many. Yeah. But it's that's a good time.
2: I miss the book days. Oh,
0: I long for it. <laughs> Back when things were easy.
2: Yeah. He's just like probably a better reader, definitely a better reader than I am already. So it's just like <laughs> he's he's gonna be 11 though
1: so
0: fair enough man that's awesome man so this is your
1: podcast this is fun welcome yeah
0: so yeah thank you for for joining us man this is first with foremost me and andrew talk about like gear our stupid obsession with like not just guitars and bass and music but like the absolute stupid nitty-gritty like not just a guitar but like strings and pickups and i talked about and... leo
2: fenders workbench for like 10 minutes last week or the week yeah before. that's yeah.
0: funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> leo fenders workbench that's how uh that's how nerdy we can get if you want us to yeah or we could you know talk about absolutely nothing to do with music we've so done all sorts kinda, of you know. different types of formats i feel like
2: we've had guests yeah, we've had for sure gear ones One's about our songs.
1: So, well, Dustin knows this about me that I'm like the worst gear person ever because I don't know what anything does and I don't really use anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and I I was I I'm thinking in my head I want to ask you some stuff about <clears throat> sure. that. Me too today because um, for a guy that says he doesn't care about that stuff and being in with a couple bands with you. I mean, your fucking guitar tones are killer. So like you do.
1: Thank you. Either have an
0: ear for it or care or there's something there, but there's also something like, you know, you're, you're like not into the hype or the whatever, I, I feel like you're a kind of guy that can take a guitar and an amp and then like make it sound kind of the same no matter what the fuck it is.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I am kind of going for that exact same thing every time. Okay. Two sounds. A, yeah. A, a twinkly sound mm-hmm. and then a louder twinkly sound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. And those are the only two I determined that I needed forever ago. It's yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, so yeah.
0: So our first band together was an SG and you used, uh, you know, pickup selection to
1: do that, right? Yeah. I've always done that. Yeah. Um, I've always used... The selector switch on the guitar to make the clean channel. Um, I've had that SG, and I still play that as my primary mm-hmm. guitar. I got that when I was 16, um, so that was 22 years ago. That's fucking That's terrible so awesome to say out loud. I was going to ask about that guitar, um, actually. Yeah, it's old, and when uh, when I got it. That was also the year that the Tom DeLonge signature Fender guitar came out. Mm -hmm. And in that, the thing that made that the signature guitar was the Seymour Duncan Invader pickup. Mm -hmm. And the guitar player in my high school band, um, he was way more into gear, and I just kind of stole every idea from him. And in fact, I had his amp when I was in Above the Screaming and had been borrowing it for like 10 years. Oh, nice. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and then... (laughs) Yeah, so everything, I, I kind of stole every idea I've ever had from Derek. <laughs> His name is Derek Hoppin. He was a much better guitar player than me. But he got that guitar. It sounded perfect, and I was like, fuck, I just need that pickup. So I just put that one pickup in there, and then I use a EMG Select in the neck for the clean channel, which is a lot warmer, too. Mm-hmm. So it, when you switch to that, it has body to substitute for a lot of the the dropout that you would get and then i'm doing a bunch of volume shit too so sometimes it's like half dial on the invader is like half a clean yeah so i'm just doing all kinds of anything that anybody any normal person is doing. switching with with the guitar pedal i'm probably just like yeah yeah
0: yeah so you're like you're doing it all with your hands and instead of you know stepping
1: on that's what's up you make it happen i could never do that like i could never figure it out like when i was a kid trying to learn how to step on a distortion pedal to make the sounds change yeah it was never like i always messed up the timing or it was just like mm-hmm. a thing i couldn't think about and play at the same time so i think that's why also yeah i was like
2: I'll just do this i think i was I'll like this thing. 25 the first time i bought my first pedal like that wasn't just something that was laying around a practice place that I was messing with. Like when I actually saw one out, I was always straight into the amp too. That's the way to, (laughs) when I play in the basement, that's what I do. Like I have all these pedals and I end up just plugging into the amp and ripping it. Cause like, I don't know, Yeah. unless I'm writing with a specific sound in mind, I don't know. I just, I just want to play,
0: right. I just want to bang around on it. So yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Chris, our, I didn't have a pedal until like way after our band. We we just both plugged into our shit. That was yes, it. We did, Let's yeah. go. We
1: we're very loud. Yeah.
0: yeah. Very, 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 very loud.
1: Very loud three piece. Yeah.
0: Uh, somehow a very loud three piece with a quiet drummer. Yeah. How did that work? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, well, that's probably why it didn't fucking work. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So tell, me, was tell me about that band,
2: guys. Because like dustin i met you and then when we caught back up maybe like a year or two later you were like check out this Mm -hmm. band i'm in with my my friend stone it was that band
1: that's cool yeah um yeah i don't know what do you want to know about i I just (laughs) want to know like i don't know
2: what did tell me about that because you dustin you vaguely told me about like a terrible recording experience and like I don't know. I uh, Oh yeah, that was well, fucking. Ridiculous. Here's the yeah. thing. All right. You guys had this band, and the reason mm-hmm. I it's in my memory is because I had the fucking CD in my car for like ten years, right? In the glove box. Okay. Yeah. And like people would be like, What's okay. this? And I'd be like, pop it in, you know? <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I don't know. That's why it's just like I feel like I, when I got the C D you guys weren't a band anymore. So I was just curious, like, how long
0: was it? And like so Chris, I'll, I'll lead us up to like the band. I was in a cover band mm-hmm. with a guy who, he was like our drummer slash. Okay. We had two Real drummers. Quick, did you guys know each sang. other in high school? Yep. Like no, nope. Okay. So nope. this is I'm, when you're meeting I'll get, each other. I'll get okay. to us. Yep. I'll get to us. Sorry. Meeting. Go on. No. Yeah. My, so my drummer and my cover band, um, worked at a bar and I hung out at that bar and then without me knowing Chris hung out at that bar and we can get into the actual story about it. So if you're cool with your, sure, uh, yeah. yeah. So he, so I was like, I knew all the people at this bar. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I was like, like I would walk in there and like, I would get a beer immediately. Like everyone fucking knew me. It was all my friends. Right. right? Yeah. And, and I think Chris was like a, a new person at this bar. So I I moved to Johnstown.
1: I didn't know anybody. Okay. Yeah. Um, He was
0: new to Johnstown. Yeah. Meanwhile, this bar was literally like walking distance from my where I was living at the time. Gotcha. So it was like my my local spot. Um, and it was around the holidays, and one of the bartenders was like, "Hey man, like just order whatever you want. Like don't even worry about it because like some fucking dude down there is like." buying the next person a drink and I'll just make it yours. And I'm like, that sounds weird. Like I'm not going to rip this guy off. Like just give me what I normally drink. Right. And he's like, all right. And I like looked down the bar and there's just like this dude with a Braves hat on like, Hey, like waving or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, all right. And like that happened multiple times where I was like, okay, well I gotta go fucking talk to this guy. Yeah. And me and Chris talked for, I was like, Hey man, I, think you're the dude whatever like buying me beers or whatever and i don't even remember that transaction to be honest with you chris do you
1: yeah (laughs) um so i went to uh i went there and it was either christmas eve or new year's eve yeah um and i had this christmas money that my aunt and uncle gave me it was like 50 bucks and i was like i'm just gonna buy random people at the bar drinks so that's what i told kickstart karma to do. And I was trying to kickstart my karma for the next That's year. That's what's up. Yeah. It probably didn't work, but <laughs> it's fine. It's um, the
2: thought that counts, man.
1: The idea was he was supposed to just give it to the next random person, but he just kept giving it to Dustin. So I was getting scammed. <laughs> yeah. In theory.
0: And I knew about it. I'm yeah, like, Dustin's come on
1: man. In on the con. <laughs> but eventually after Dustin got the fourth drink for free, it, that I was trying to spread out over a bunch of random people. Then mm-hmm. Dustin came up and was like, Hey, thanks for the beer, man. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, I just don't, I don't know anybody. And, uh, I'm just kind of a weird guy that does weird stuff. And this is one of those weird things I decided to try to do. Um, yeah. And that was it. That's awesome. <laughs> so, and you, like, and you were like, well, see you later. Yep. Awesome. I was like, Cool. Thanks. <laughs> um,
0: so at that same bar, my drummer was also a bartender and I don't think he was there that night. And then our cover band, whatever the fuck you want to call it, kind of split up ish. And I was in the bar and Craig is bartending and he's playing music. And I'm like, what is this? And he's like, you and Craig had met. Oh you yeah. had Shown Craig some demos or
1: something of some music you had. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know what it was. Yeah. So we um. Yeah. Craig and I had hung out because the, the other point of this bar is like it was the only craft beer bar that mm-hmm. existed, and it, kind of like in a lot of places, craft beer was very very small. And yeah, Only a this few is people like, were into it. Th- yeah. This
0: like is 2012 like 2012 or something. Oh yeah. I. Two thousand ten. It was. It was. It was earlier than that. that. Fuck, it was. It was 2008? not even craft beer. It was first import. And then craft beer had just started while we were going there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is where you went if you were trying to try beers. And Hell yeah. Be into <clears> beer, <throat> which I was into beer. Um, yeah, and me too. And so Craig and I hit it off cause we were talking about music and I'm like, yeah, I played in this band in Pittsburgh and, uh, I just moved here. I don't know what's going on. And my instinct always when I would move somewhere, then it's like, well, I got to figure out how to get a band or whatever. Yeah. Um, so Craig came over to my house and I played him some demos that were just like acoustic songs that I'd written after that band I was in, but I had nowhere to put them. Yeah. I think I just recorded them Chris, do you on, remember
0: like, what you, what those were like recorded on?
1: Yeah. I had a um, eight track uh, Fostex digital recorder that I would then use again to make the anniversary club stuff. Oh, but like, nice. that's what I'd used it for. Um, it was very, it was rough because like, if you fuck something up, you had to do the whole thing again. Right. It was much it was not an iPhone or yeah, as easy yeah. as that is. It's not
0: it's not GarageBand.
1: band. Yeah. But no, I gave this to Craig and he was like, This is great. And I was like, Ah, eh, right. You never know if any
0: if it's good or not, if they think it's good, but Yeah, I so assume that's
1: what Dustin heard that day.
0: That is what I heard. I'm like, What the fuck is this? He's like trying to explain to me you. <laughs> He's like, Have you seen this kid in here? He's like, kinda got some tattoos like yeah, and I'm like, I think that's that fucking guy that was like buying me the beers on like Christmas or whatever. <laughs> so you know, long story short, he's like, well, next time I see him, like, you know, he told me he's like, I, I think he's like, I'm a drummer, you're a bass player. This guy like writes songs and plays guitar. Like, you know, I I think we should like ask him if he wants to do something. I'm like, yeah, okay, the recipe is right. Fuck yeah. And if I'm being, like, totally fucking honest, Chris, like, I know, like, from that moment on, it's kind of blurry until you and me, like, just straight up drinking at that bar and becoming best friends. Like, I don't really remember jamming for the first time or, like, any of that stuff. Like, I'm just being honest. Like, I kind of don't. Yeah, well, i mean like i know where it was at because <laughs> because it was obviously at the shop or whatever yep. like you know this place that we rehearse at andrew you and me have yep. been there a bunch of times that's where we wrote and re- well wrote all these songs and stuff okay but that's sick yeah man if you if, if you got anything to fill me in in that gap that would be awesome
1: <laughs> i remember the first one and then um uh yeah the first jam we wrote the um i had a complete song and that's the only time we really did that that was that uh fuck i have no idea what these songs were called but it was the one with the with starts with the riff and that's wait it's so long that song Mm -hmm. okay um so we wrote that then because i had that Mm -hmm. and then after that we just hung out and every time we would practice we would just jam for like hours until something came out of that um and that's how we wrote the rest of everything Yep, pretty awesome. But yeah, we would just hang out at the bar um, or wherever, and then jam for like eight hours into the mm-hmm. morning, and then that would be the next song, and we just did that until we had enough, and then we started playing shows. I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, the, I know the, it's, it's the hard practices... to remember. I was
2: just curious because that's like, yeah. I don't know. That's what I
0: remember. No, when I remember meeting well, you in Dustin. Destin Dustin and you, Chris, I like the, sh- the practices became our first shows. Yeah, Like, so the more the band came along and the more like me, you and Craig became like inseparable, like we were best all, like we worked together, you and me were doing jobs together. Craig was working during the day. We were all working at night bartending, like coming up with money to do whatever we needed the money for with the band. And it was all together. And then we would practice after our fucking bar shifts. Yeah. <laughs> at like th- we would it's show like 3 up 3 a.m. Yeah. until until daylight. So there's yeah. no neighbors yeah. around there. That's no, it's fucking awesome. Bunker, I know dude. it's a bunker. It's, it's, yeah, you can't do anything. Yeah.
2: That's amazing. For, yeah.
0: For those listening, it's it's like a basement under like a like a machine yeah. shop in the middle of fucking nowhere, right? Like you could, I pass it and all the like time. You could and I'm be like, just, I
2: have that weird, like uncanny Valley
0: thing well, that's where it's spot. like, is that that spot? Is that
2: yeah. really where
0: we were yeah. in that basement? <laughs> so, so Chris and I, Chris, you know, I'm bartending. Chris was like bar backing. Craig was like the manager at this bar, <clears throat> all the same bar. And like Friday night, we we'd be done with our shift and all these like waitresses and like whoever were like trying to get their tip money and like party or whatever. And all three of us are like, dude, we got to get out of here. We got to go practice. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And we're like, we're in a fucking punk band and we're going to play. And for, I remember for like months, no one gave a a shit. (laughs) And then, and then something happened. I don't know what the hell it was. Something happened something happened. And then all of a sudden they were like, can we come? we're like, I guess (laughs) I don't like, okay. Do you remember that? Like, and then it would just be like you, like the three of us, we would like play whatever songs we had structured. And then we would, after that, we would just, like you said, we would jam for a fucking hour or whatever.
1: Well, the thing that happens to me all the time or, used to when I was in bands is what happened then. Like I remember it happening a bunch of different times, but people are always surprised to like hear what I sound mm. like. Yeah. That always like freaks people out. And I remember that happening with like Whitney and all, I yeah. forget the rest of those people's names. Yeah. Um, we named a song after Whitney because she was such a butted about everything. not good enough for Whitney. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, that that's what happened. And they're all like, that comes out of that. Dude, that's weird.
0: No one there had any that's fucking clue awesome, what man. the hell we were talking. about. I love your voice, yeah. Chris. By the way,
1: thanks, yeah, man. No problem. It's yeah, it's come it's come a long way from whatever it was then to whatever it is now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it, in a good way or not, but I keep I keep it going. Sounds good, man. Yeah, man. I mean, we
0: were we were the epitome of like just you know idiots doing our thing. Yeah, working on these a jobs. Weird band. It was a three yeah.
1: piece. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we I wrote everything in Drop D. Nice. Um, yeah. It was kind of punk, but it was also kind of
2: uh, yeah. That's what I mean. I people I don't would know what the fuck. When I'd have yeah. it in my car, people would be like taken back a little bit. because they'd be like, yeah, it's my friend's punk band. Like, like a couple of the songs were almost like experimental
0: or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I was They're super our, cool. Our jams were not punk. They were just like. I don't know, man. That was that was like such a cool experience. Like we we literally, there was never ever ever a moment where it was yeah, like learning to play oh, that together. Doesn't sound good? It's like the shit.
2: Yeah, that's awesome that you guys had like, that. You had that much time together to to we, do that to
0: jam out songs and then structure from jams like that. Well, there was like it was never a spoken rule, and we never talked about it. But we just like from day one, just jam and if something sounded like shit it's like no one told you about it it's like i know i know that 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 was a dumb idea like you know we just like okay keep like we just kept going with the jam yeah until eventually after an hour it was like all of our musical ears filtered it to like we knew that riff that you played there was fucking awesome you knew it was awesome keep doing that you know like craig would dial in on the drums and then i'd figure out what the fuck you were doing and figure something out
1: yeah it was always like we never talked about anything until it was done never and it was just like done. that's awesome yeah I, I that's still the i mean that's always the best way to write songs is you just like have to sit in it until yeah let it do um that's how night marathons does everything too we'll just sit there for like we'll play the same thing for like an hour and then that's cool at the end it'll be like okay these are two usable things and yep. how do we get that into a song like is this a whole song or are we just jamming this one weird uh sunny day real estate riff what are we doing <laughs> yeah yeah, that's
0: awesome is this anything already and if yeah. it's not where can we put hell it? yeah yep that's cool so how long yeah, that's the best
1: that's the best moment when you're just like you're in the middle of that and you're just like yeah it's a nice zone for me to be in that's a very comfortable place yeah it's a good feeling mm-hmm. for sure
2: how how long yeah. after that was Anniversary Club then? Because is that like the the, the th- stepping stone? I think you just started doing
1: that. Or what, yeah, I guess I don't know. Okay. Um, I just started doing that afterwards, I guess. Okay, because that's like I just wanted came, to see. That was like the next we came thing up Dustin with the name. told
2: me. Right? He's like, "We're going to fucking yeah. Europe," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You know that was wild, well, man. We when came I think up about with the that, name
0: for it in in Florida on tour with above the screen okay
1: well i it was say based like... on a, uh, a picture on a rogue beer bottle yeah that's awesome with the i forget what beer that is but it's like the um the one with the old lady cheersing and i was like what if it's called anniversary club because i was trying to name it something um it's a cool because name. i didn't want to it's not bad i like it But it's very stupid to have a solo project named after a thing that implies that there's more than one person in it. Yes. (laughs) But I was like, but the irony is great because it's just me. Don't you get it? I'm by myself. It's a club of one. Nobody got that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I liked it. It was fine. That's cool, man. And the best part about it, like any band name, is it didn't exist yet. So it was good. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's always hard to Um, come up with band names.
1: Yeah. But yeah, mad. I started doing that um just as another outlet thing. Those songs started off really bad. Yeah. Um but eventually got got pretty good. Writing acoustic songs by yourself is hard. Yeah. Um and I was always trying to walk this line of like am I trying to be a folk thing or because I, I wanted it to be emo, right? But in a different kind of way, right. I don't know.
2: No, that makes sense. I wasn't
1: I wasn't trying to nail into singer songwriter thing necessarily but i didn't want to be yeah i don't know yeah i'm still trying to figure out what that was trying to be that's cool man
0: that's good stuff i think it was i mean it was it was a mix of what was going on in all of our heads back then man it was it was folk stuff we were listening to like at that time was right around when the whole punk band does like lead singer goes and does a folk band thing. Yep. So we were listening to a bunch of that. We were listening to like, you know, new punk music at the time and old punk music at the time. And like back then it was like really changing. And I think honestly, man, like listening back to that stuff, like one, it doesn't sound dated. Like it sounds fucking great. And two, it really is like almost song by song. Like, like, exactly all of those things like there's your punk acoustic song there's your folk acoustic song there's like all of that stuff is mashed up into one somehow coherent fucking album which is kind of wild
1: interesting i haven't listened to it in a long time i actually meant to go back my actually my dad just sent it to me he found that uh what you've got is already gone ep which is the first thing i made before i made any mm-hmm. that's awesome okay um and that thing is old so yeah I haven't listened to it. I'm sure it's horrible. I don't want to open it because I'm sure it's bad. It's always um, I was, the worst. Because <laughs> I was really trying to sound like a gruff dude. I always have been. <clears throat> um, and that is not what my voice sounds like naturally. Right. It kind of does now. And now I don't even want it to. Um, <laughs> but back then I was really forcing that. Yeah. And so that comes across. And is. Cringy to listen to, but some of those songs are still okay.
2: Hell yeah! I mean, the, that's a good title
1: yeah. for an EP. I'm very happy with that. Yeah, I've always been like, fuck it, I fucking wasted that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've not. I mean, I don't think I've ever even heard that stuff. But I mean, the, the album we're talking about is called Bleed. Also, great name. Yep. Um, I don't know, man. That's like that's seriously like a great like whole fucking album. Honestly, man um thanks i if i were you i'd be like very fucking proud of that i am proud of that
1: we recorded that in the house too yep and that was cool and that was like a family affair too like everybody was around all the time Yeah. and my friend dan from philly came and recorded it for me he did Mm -hmm. a great
0: job that's awesome Uh, but like killed it dude like how how again like i don't know you know obviously I met Dan through our experience together, but like, I would also love to know, like, did you talk to Dan about like, Hey man, do you think you can do this? Like, did he reach out to you? Like how did that turn out that he was going to be the one to come to Pittsburgh or Johnstown at the time and just like record
1: your fucking album? Oh, he just said he would do it while we were on tour. And I was like, yep. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I was like, I don't know how to record because also like we never paid for anything because everything was completely DIY, right. and we were just like, when I went on tour, I just lived in my Nissan, and <laughs> Hell yeah, like hoped, hoped I could make it to the next city, and you were literally eating like anything you could get for free everywhere you went. You were kind of homeless, but you had a mission, right? Yeah, nomadic had a
0: destination the next day. Yeah, yeah, very weird.
1: Um, I would. I would Never recommend that. When I think about this shit that I did and I'm like, God, I hope Willow does not do that. <laughs> That's all I think about whenever I think about this stuff. I'm like, God, I hope she doesn't live in her fucking car. I'll at least be there to be like, don't live in your car. We can get this shitty hotel instead. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah. Um. But yeah, back then I was just like, if something seemed like a good idea, I was just like, fuck it. Just follow that and just like keep following. Hell yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of manifesting different things because I always thought that um, if you just do something tiny incrementally, just reach like one person at a time at a show, this is what made me go on tour so much. is I was like, all right, I need one person at each show. If I can reach them, then if I can play 50 shows this summer, that's 50 people at least if my quota is one a day, which Mm -hmm. is low. (laughs) So I just always had to make sure I reached out to one person a day and then I could feel good at the end of the day. Cause when you're playing acoustic shows, it sucks because you're like people talk over you. You have to learn how to deal with that. You get sandwiched, uh, like sometimes they're like, "Can you play a song in between the bands, yeah. like an intermission?" Been there. And you're like, yeah, "Like no, <clears> fuck no, off. I can't fucking do that." <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of horrible, um, dumb situations you get into <laughs> just because you're yourself. You're like, "Well, you're kind of not really a whole band. Can we do this other weird shit with you instead?" Um, so yeah, to overcome those shitty shows, I was like, "Well, at least that one person talked to me today." Or yeah. like. They said they liked it, so maybe they'll remember that song. Maybe that will go on and help them in some way. So,
2: man, that's a really that's positive drive. I like that.
1: It was. It was coming from a bad fucking place, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I made I made some good out of that. I think. Hell yeah. But yeah, I was fucking bummed out in a horrible, horrible place when I was writing those songs. Gotcha. Um, but as as you will be sometimes yeah. when you're writing. Oh songs. yeah.
0: Well, yeah, as you will be just as a fucking person, man. Um, Luckily for us as musicians and artists, you know, we have some sort of outlet that for some reason, if it's successful, it's like, you know, people love it (laughs) when it comes comes from those dark places. Yeah. Um, You know,
1: people that don't have that just have to stew in that stuff. I think it was all supposed to happen anyways, though. It's like, I was never going to get away from that because it led me to all the shit that I have now. Yeah. I mean, it's directly responsible for everything good in my life, even though it didn't necessarily do anything by itself. Right. It made Mm -hmm. all those other things possible and then happen.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, I remember countless like super late night phone calls with you about these like incremental decisions along the way of like should I fucking go on tour with these guys or should I like, what the fuck should we do? Right. Yeah. And just like you said, I think, you know, the, the common thread was always like, I think this is a good opportunity, man. Like, let's figure it out. You know, even if it's like you doing it, like we'll figure it out. Uh, Like whatever, whatever happens when you come back, like you've got a place to stay or like whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Like, this is an opportunity. This is like the music thing. Go do it. And, and you know, you specifically like never fucking
1: stopped doing that. Yes. You know, it's very true. I did not quit because I I don't necessarily know how to quit anything. This one time it worked in my favor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Annie Duke hadn't written that book yet. So so that was good too. Um. I don't know who just, I was just talking to this about. But yeah, it's just like I was going backwards about something. And I was like, well, if I never would have done that anniversary clip thing, would have never played a show with Roger. Mm-hmm. If I never played a show with Roger, I would, wouldn't have gotten into White Wives. I wouldn't have started AF Records stuff. Wouldn't have met my wife. None of anything would have happened. Wouldn't have moved to Pittsburgh. Fuck, I have no idea what would have happened. Right. So it like...
0: We'd be your fucking neighbors, Andrew. We'd right. still be living on fucking Linden Avenue. Well, no, my house would have been yeah, down. Yeah, your house is gone. Like, we'd still, Every time yeah, we passed we'd still... him, i like,
2: there's Dustin's house. <laughs> Justin's like, I
0: know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, who knows? I mean, we've just been like somewhere there.
1: Well, the pony closed, so we would have had yeah. to find other job. So did Family Video, RIP. RIP, yeah, all that stuff.
2: Yeah. There's an uh, Egyptian joint down the road here on the corner. Uh, by the paint store, you know what I mean? Okay. In that little yeah. plaza yeah. there, it is awesome. Mm-hmm. Gyro joint. No yeah. shit. Yeah, mm. Muhammad. He, he's uh, like we're on first name basis because we go like every Tuesday, but he's the shit, man. He's so happy, and he's just like every time I'm in there, he's like, "What's up, man?" Like, you know, <clears throat> his his daughter knows me now. I don't know, but the falafel there, man. Oh my god. Sorry to go off on the tangent, but. Yeah, Dude, that's it, great. It's like yeah. great I'm glad that there's
0: that uh, kind of thing. Yeah, I'm glad our old neighborhood has a fucking awesome restaurant in general. Yeah, I'm hoping that I don't, it I don't care sets off it a is. chain
2: reaction. You know? Yeah,
0: that's cool. Yeah, it's really good. All right, so Chris, yes. when we were in a band, you played an SG into some sort of Mesa Boogie thing.
1: Yeah, so that with, was with a...
0: fucking nothing. You had a you had a a tuner rack. The preamp and a power amp, and then your two twelve thing, right? If I'm remembering it correctly. So, like, what's changed from them then until now? What are you up to these days?
1: Um, well, that thing was very heavy. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So I had so that rack was Derek's. It was a Mesa Studio preamp with a uh, or a Mesa Studio head with a fifty fifty preamp okay okay and so that is basically like it's kind of like a dual rec kind of, kind of yeah um uh,
0: it, uh, it's it's yeah i mean the preamp stages on those are pretty fucking similar yeah. when you combine it <clears throat> yeah
1: mm-hmm. yep um derek eventually wanted that back and um Shout out to Matt Morgan for um, restoring it for him before oh, yeah. that happened. He fixed the spring reverb. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Matt Morgan, did somehow, made it good as new. And Derek was like, Whoa, that never worked. <laughs> I thought this thing was going to be broken. You've had it for like five years. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, Nope, here you go. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, um check awesome. It out. Always feel good about that. Like, ah, I gave that amp back in a nice way. Yeah. That's good. Um, and from there, I bought. I. Jo- that's when i joined police chases was the next time i needed an amp okay so i still had the um 212 which mm-hmm. is the old mesa boogie 212 with the, the uh, grill metal rack i got that also when i was 16 um so that is just as old as the sg that's awesome we got it for a super deal because it didn't have the nameplate it was like 300 bucks yeah um <sighs> It has a vintage 30 in the top and an electro voice speaker in the bottom.
0: Oh, Okay.
1: That's the combo speaker thing that's in there. That's awesome. I bought a dual rectifier used for 500 bucks um, to join police chases. I bought it from the drummer. They just kicked out, which is funny Um, (laughs) because he he needed money. He was, he was like, "Ah, okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. It was nice. He let me give it to him at payments. In, in retrospect, that amp is worth way more than $500. Yeah. <laughs> so I had the, um, the dual rack, and then I just did the exact same shit that I did with the other stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I just dialed it until it was good. And then uh, I didn't use any clean channel in police chases, so I didn't even need to switch anything. Yeah. I just turned it on, partied. Yeah. Um,
0: what's like what's your philosophy when you say like doubt it until it's good like what are you shooting for there like just pretty much like flat when you do twinkly bits it just kind of like is there is there a sound or something in your head you're going for or you're just like can't explain it it just is what it is you just hit knobs until you're like yep that's it
1: kind of I I do two things. Number 1, I look at all of the other guitar players and see what they're up to. So in Police yep. chases um Dan
0: pro uh, musician right here, okay? Yeah, right. <clears throat>
1: um, the Dan's both had Marshalls. Okay. And Dan DeLucia um mm-hmm. had uh l- like a really really big Marshall rocker tone. And that's like um heavy bass. Mm-hmm. It's pretty heavy. And the thing I always try to shoot for with my tone is like a nice mid range Yep. that you can still hear everything. um, But there is some distortion to it. It's not super bass heavy. That's the bass player's job in my opinion. So I try to have like a nice mid sound, Mm -hmm. but also drive too. And that is what makes the twinkly bits come through and sparkle a little bit and makes that shine kind of twang that comes from the invader too because the invader pickup is like crazy high gain output so a lot of the gain I don't have to push from the amp because it's already coming from that pickup yeah Um. so yeah so that's the tone I normally shoot for in my head this might sound crazy but I'm trying to mimic the way that the grade guitar tones sound from Mm -hmm. um the under the radar record as weird as the references grade might be no (laughs) that like a screamo band yeah
0: well yeah I dude that makes sense because it's very like sawtooth like Mm cutty just like I don't even know how to describe it but also um dude that's awesome that like you're listening to the other Mm -hmm. instruments and carving
1: shaping, shaping the tone through to there. It. Oh, Getting that's so that Um, you band baby. And it's Did the same got- thing that happens with nightmare thons because Corey is a very similar guitar tone and mm. it's even different with like the way that we play. I also try to complement that. Like Corey has a lot of attack and he's very driving. Um, and his, Tone is also very like he had, he's had a bunch of different amps he's fucked around with, right. um, mm-hmm. but it's always it, been the he's same. Still
0: doing, yeah. I see. Well, you guys had orange stuff for a second, but so he's not. I yeah, still have anymore. orange stuff. Corey's ditched okay. his
1: orange and he's back yeah. to his, uh, uh, 5150 combo. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. He, he messes around that orange got weird on him in his defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They're not for That's everybody fine. for sure. Yeah. And eh, nothing against no. him. Yeah. Sure happens. Yeah,
1: I still like mine, but it's just for lazy reasons, um, mostly. If I had <laughs> yeah. the choice, if I didn't have to carry Dude, anything, I love
2: having a combo um, amp instead of a half stack. It is, I know exactly the other you're thing about.
1: about. <laughs> the great thing about my orange is like, it's a solid state and doesn't sound like that.
2: Hell yeah. So it's
1: nice, but also I can let anybody use it and I don't care, fucking care. Right. Like you can't break right. it. You're yeah. not going to blow a tube. Right. Cause you yep. can't. So uh, I'm always like, yeah, it, has it really has come so up. like So freeing. Lot. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, of course use my amp dude. Of course I could give a fuck. <laughs> try, try to break. this. Right. You can't. Um, But I do listen to um, listening to the other musicians is kind of what I build all my parts around. I actually build a lot of stuff around what Tim is up to. He probably doesn't know that. Um, Tim's a drummer. Yeah, Tim is the drummer mm-hmm. in Nightmarathons. He's an amazing drummer, best drummer in Pittsburgh. I've been saying that forever. Yeah, he um, rips really hard. Yes. Yeah. He does a lot of different nuancey things, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I key into that as uh, much as I can to help accent mm. the things that are going on. Yeah. And I think that helps with a lot of the rhythm section stuff, too. It also gives Chris some room to do uh, like weird noodly bits that he likes to be up to, too. Um, so sometimes I'm more locked in with Tim than Chris, the bass player is, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, get, t- I mean, you can it. hear,
0: you can hear that stuff that it's thought out because when it's live and it's fucking loud, um, even, even not only just like a, a ear thing, it's a, like, I've seen you guys on some loud fucking stages. It's a feel thing. Like it's like a wall of sound
2: when that's what I felt like. Yeah at the at the show we played together a couple of in December
0: I was um, like I can th- yeah, I can loud. feel <laughs> this I love this But it's so cool because you can hear everything and then you guys like clearly have thought out some stuff where you're like you know what you just explained is happening and then everyone locks into something to like build up to a you know a bridge or a chorus or whatever the fuck it is and it's like so much more impactful because it is so nuanced and layered. Like it sounds like you guys have two more fucking guitar players than you have. Oh, that's cool. Without adding a third guitar player, like you guys have or whatever, you know, like yeah. it's, it's, it really is like, okay, like this is a different level. Like this is fucking awesome. So
1: <laughs> thanks. Paul. Yeah. That's very nice. It, the, um, I'm very lucky. They're all very good at what they're up to. And we're in like, uh, Oh shit. Oh, there it, it is. is.
2: Yeah. I, I picked um, this up, I looked at it, and I hear in my head, and now I'm closer to the end. <laughs> that, yeah. What Dustin was just talking about there that part where it drops out and that, that vocal thing, the build to that, and then that like release. Uh, yeah, you guys got something going on awesome with that rhythm. It's just like a sick pff- yeah. fucking drive.
1: <laughs> all those builds, all those buildy things just come from those like jams for forever mm-hmm. uh yeah 100 like, man figure out the tiny 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 little things to do yeah, yeah. and i'm always thinking about that while well, we practice because we play the set at least twice when we're there if we have a show mm-hmm. coming up we spend like six weeks we were on the set like twice a um twice a night for practice nights and i'm like if i did this little tiny thing a little better would that help tim's like Double smack on the snit, like any sort of little tiny thing that I can yeah. do to accent anything that anybody else is up to. I always try to find those little like nuggets just because it's still fun that yeah. way.
2: So you guys have three guitars now, right?
1: Yes. That is awesome. Yeah. Yes. We added a third guitar player. um Ryan Williamson is possibly the person that I have known in my life the longest that I still talk to and. Noah Gotcha. Um Ryan is from Kane and when we were kids Ryan and I's bands were playing shows with each other when like we were like 15 and 16. Hell yeah. Um which is crazy. Ryan would book shows at his uh Elk's Lodge in Kane. He was in a band called the Moose Knuckles. Oh, um good fucking man. <laughs> very funny. They have some great <laughs> merch on the internet. Mm-hmm. If you can find oh, it. Shit. And then um then he would come to play in Warren with us in my band. Um, but yeah, Ryan's always been a part of my life and it's really cool to get to be in a band with him after all this time. Yeah. Um, he also recorded our last record Okay. and, yep. uh, we practice in his basement. He built a little studio in his basement. He's also in the band signals. My oh Best, yeah. I'm a fan. He's in another band called reckon. Oh, Pennant behind he just started. Me. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he's a great musician. He actually adds a lot of interesting things. We've only been practicing together for maybe like a month, maybe a little more, but um, it's super fun to see the stuff that he adds. Mm -hmm. He's a lot like Corey in that he has um, a lot of attack too, Um, but he's also thinking about um, harmonizing guitar things throughout to also compliment which is cool because when we do uh we didn't so much on the last record but on missing parts there's like eight thousand guitars on that record mm-hmm. um and i was doing all kinds of wacky shit uh, i was playing like dude it uh, sounds so, great okay if i put a if i put a capo here and then i can do something and I'm, I'm never able to recreate that in real life mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so now it's the fourth layered guitar fifth yeah. layered.
2: Guitar. i ran a warehouse yeah. but now that exists r- somewhere. i ran a there. warehouse when you guys Dropped that and we would listen to it like every day at eight o'clock.
1: Oh, that's yeah. cool. So you were all the place.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Ryan's the best. It's super awesome to get to be in a band with him after all this time. Cause so yeah, you're... I've known him since I was 15, which is oh, that's crazy. So...
0: Yeah. And Ryan's awesome, man. Um, so when you're to go back to like the, your like guitar process, like, so when you're, jamming and listening for like what you, you know, you're like, okay, like what is everyone else doing? Like, where can I fit in? Like, is there, is there something like, I don't know if they, like to other guitar players, is there something you're listening for? You're playing for like to help other people carve their way into that? Like, like what, what, what are you noticing? That you're like, okay, there's a void there, or there's like room here for something. Like, is it just like you've just fucking played guitar for so long? You just know? Or like, is there something you can help someone else out with that's like, hey, man, if you know, I don't know, any kind of advice type stuff? I don't know. Probably not.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, I think that like the main thing that I try to listen to, listen for is like opportunities to make it dynamic because yeah, yeah. at like a at a base level that we're not doing anything like magical it's kind of mm-hmm. like there's only so many punk songs and then we're all just playing them over and over again um, yeah,
0: 12 fucking notes and we're all doing the same yes. shit
1: yeah but to make it something that like makes you feel like something's happening while the song is going on like to make those dynamics to make it um yeah to make it feel like oh there's empty space here for a reason oh there's there's no empty space here at all for a reason Mm -hmm. and then like how do you get from all those places and make them all connect in a way that like number one you can play live and doesn't sound like you're uh only able to do this in the studio because that's super Mm -hmm. important to me too um yeah, I often fuck myself with that. If I accidentally do something in the studio and I'm like, how am I ever going to transition these two impossible parts together? Right. Then I have to sit there and it's mm-hmm. like a video game for me for months to try to figure out how to do that and switch around. Um, but yeah, sometimes I make it hard on myself on purpose. <laughs> now I know it because you have to all, it's a video. I know game. what you mean about
2: the space and like, <clears throat> cause I'm in a three guitar band too. And it really like, it's it's fun to me that I'm like okay I don't have to play right here like let it let yeah. it breathe and then like I can come in and be dynamic about my parts like I might only be ringing out a single note through four fucking measures or something but at least it's like you know I'm letting it it's for the song right that was one thing that I really learned about because I'm used to just playing with one guitar like we don't have another guitar player in foremost. Oh, yeah. But like, yeah, it's just <clears> us. <throat> so, going from a three-guitar band to, oh, then starting foremost as a one-guitar band. Yeah, it was a lot more like, fuck, I have to play all the time right now. <laughs> like, I can't stop playing shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I know. It, it is like, a, yeah, it's also a good exercise to like realize you don't have to play all the yeah. time. To, yeah, and that was a big thing that I had to get into in the last couple of years. Um, aside from being very cool, Tim also has the best taste in music of anybody that I know of. And during uh, the quarantine stuff. He would make these mixes of just like he would just make like mixes of like 50 songs, and they would all be songs from bands that like I didn't know of because I was raised super sheltered. I wasn't allowed to listen to fucking anything. Mm-hmm. So I missed a big portion of time when like everybody got into all those bands in the 90s. Right. I wasn't into those bands. I only listened to MXPX because that is what I was allowed to listen gotcha. to. Um, but Tim made these mixes, and I was like astounded by these fucking things. And so every time i heard this song i was like holy fuck there's this whole record i can go discover and the rest of my band teases me all the time that i didn't know what any of the shit was <laughs> it's very common knowledge to people um that weren't sheltered weirdos but in that process that's where i figured out that i didn't have to be doing shit all the time like it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be constant it can be dynamic and like I'm only just playing like a few harmonics yeah. or like a whole verse and that's okay. Yeah. 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 That was a big step for me for sure.
2: Yeah. It's, it's really cool. I don't know. It, it's it, fun. It's, it really like, it's almost like that you're growing as a songwriter type thing. It's a good feeling. I don't know. I'm glad that I'm able to talk to somebody that has played in a three guitar band. Cause it's almost very rare at this point for me to, you know it's not very rare to see it but like for me to know somebody that's like yeah i know what you're talking about yeah Yeah. it's pretty cool
1: Well, being in drop d helped a lot right okay um and then also yeah because i could just smash around (laughs) um and that makes it so you don't have to you can play the root note and the harmony at the same time yeah you don't have to spread your arm out like uh like a crazy person yeah um yeah we had a lot of tiny parts it was just dustin and greg too And we did a lot of moments where it was just like, this is just bass. And that was cool. Yeah. Or like
0: well, yeah. I mean that that I feel like that comes from exactly what you're talking about is the jamming for an hour thing. And some of that comes from like literally you just like fucking taking a break from playing guitar. Yeah. And then like me and like you just stop abruptly and me and Craig just play. And you're like, well, that fucking sounds cool. Yep. You know what I mean, like. And I think you know, Craig liked that stuff a lot, like the the breathing and the tempo changes, and you know, kind of getting weird with stuff. You guys but- were
2: like at that shit from the get go. I'm I was just learning this stuff in like my late twenties. <laughs> like, oh, you don't have to ba- bash a oh. fucking power
0: cord the whole time, Andrew. <laughs> like. <laughs> I mean, we were learning well, as we fucking go. I mean, I yeah. was, you know, <laughs> yeah. I was just I like, for me, I was just like, well, I'm not stopping, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, if it sounds well, it's, cool, it's, it
1: does. We just like it, about the screaming and just like night marathons. The thing that I think makes anything good is, is just like, it's not about anybody and you can't have an ego at yeah. all. And as long as mm-hmm. you're just like totally cool and, open to any, literally any possibility, then you can really make like weird musical relationships with people and be like, okay, now we're, now we're speaking this language that like we have written. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. when marathons is in, in, we're just jamming and writing a new thing. We're all speaking a language that like only the five of us know yeah. now. And it's just like, and we built that language by playing together all this time because we know exactly what, each other is thinking and like where, where we might go. Um, and so, yeah, it's just like, yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's like, that's,
0: that's, that's a fucking perfect way to put it. And, and if anyone's listening, that's never been in a band or jammed, like you have no clue what we're talking about, but Mm. it is a language. Like the longer you do that with a certain group of people, it is, immediate you you like acknowledge everyone's little nuances and everything like to a fucking high level of like i i know chris is digging in right now and like this next bar we're like we're gonna go all out or 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 i can tell he's like backing off and he might just stop and me and craig need to just fucking jam for a second here like whatever it might be but like there, it's an unwritten, like you said, language, man. And it's, it's, it is, that's like, as a musician with a band that you're like tight with, that is some of the, that that's like the best fucking place to yeah. be, man. It's so it's a fucking great, feeling, great feeling for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's funny how, yeah, we definitely take it for granted yeah. that like mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know what no. that is.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's like a language almost like that yeah. kind of feeling. Oh, uh, it's. Know. it's
0: it's so fucking cool, man.
2: Yeah, it's so cool. Mm, I dig it. I really dig it. I'm all yeah. about the way we've been writing songs. That new one, that you just sent me all these bass noodles, man, and I structured it. That song is sick. I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm barely playing any
0: guitar on it. Dude, it's it's 2023. That's, that's a new thing we can do now that's totally different.
1: Oh, my God. I get yeah. fucking you stony
0: baloneyed and put a drum beat on here <laughs> and play bass stuff. And then I send it to Andrew, and he's like, This is fucking cool. And then we can <laughs> do whatever with it. Yeah. You know, I'm like,
2: Oh, I'm going to mess with this before the vet. We have to go to the vet. I'm like, 20 yeah. minutes later, I'm like, Well, I structured something. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I really dig. Oh, whenever you were talking about your recording, uh, your eight track recording, I remember having to use those when I was in high school, recording my first things with uh oh man my friends that were your age they had one and it was just like the same same deal it's just like well you fucked up so we got to do it all over again Yep. (laughs) yes
0: wasted the fucking tape yeah
2: the new able just to be like hey here's this thing to mess with it's like i don't
0: know we live in such awesome times as as a bass player too it's the best time because i have garage band it's free I mean, I had to pay for a fucking computer, but like there's, I don't know how many drummers on there. And then I can hit buttons to like, do you want to play harder or softer or more fills or less right. fills? And they, and that and then you just hit a button yeah. and they just play with whatever the fuck you're playing Cut back
2: in the groove, baby. That's
0: crazy. Dude, like, are like to anyone out there like you're fucking spoiled like this is crazy like go do that <laughs> yeah.
1: you know yeah, like it used to be that if somebody couldn't make it to practice like you were fucked yeah yeah you didn't get to hear what that sounded you were like done that it. day yep.
0: i have a drum machine here it's a korg er1 like you would have to pre-program your drums into this and play with it and then play with that now you, you can, you can have them set like the swing or whatever. Like it's, it feels like you're playing with a real fucking drummer. Like it's, it's crazy and it's so good. And it's so good for like practice and you know, creation. like we can't practice every single night, but if I can come in here for an hour and do that within five minutes have some kind of drum beat beat going and then like pick up my bass and play something like that's
1: fucking crazy.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. It is crazy. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. We're just, we're just like living in the, like the best era for like writing music being, I don't know, whatever, like all of our demos sound way better than the shit we were releasing
2: or the shit I was releasing when I, you know, in the two thousands, It's just like yeah. such high quality. One yeah, hundred I don't know. I listened to some of the demos and I'm like, damn, this
0: sounds good, man. Yeah. All right. So, Chris. Yes. Let's get into some nitty gritty shit here. Nitty gritty. Who, like, who, what's a band, guitar player, whatever, like, what made you want to be in a band and then what made you, like, I'm fucking playing guitar, not drums, not bass, whatever. Like, what did you hear? Why'd you play guitar in a band? um and it could be a mix like it doesn't have to be like well i list like it could be a story
1: up until that that's fine because that's what it was for me this actually doesn't have to do with anybody that's famous this is all my entire punk rock life is my cousin's fault mm-hmm. um i had a cousin i still have a cousin his name is brad and he was my cool cousin Hell yeah! he had a punk rock band uh called scratch and sniff
2: Ooh. fuck yeah awesome <laughs> very
1: good um And Brad took me to my first punk rock show and it was at the Knights of Columbus in Warren. And I went there, uh, I saw a band called the Peabody's, which was the, they were the center of the Warren punk scene. And the Peabody's were what is referred to as Ramones core. So they are, uh, pop punk in the way that that was pop punk then yep.
0: uh, the, ours me and Andrews was the unwanted. Okay. Right?
1: Like that was our Ramon score. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so Eric Peabody, they all had the same last name Peabody. Of course, uh, of course yeah. he worked at the wall, which was yeah. like our the record store. Yeah. Yeah. And store. And wall. When I was a little kid, I went in there to try to buy, um, doggy style. And right. he was like I think I was like 14, maybe 13. That's awesome. And he was like I can't sell you this man. You're not old enough to have this. I was like, are "You sure?" And he's like, "What?" He's like, "Do you even want this?" I was like, "I don't know. All everybody in everybody in school is listening to it." And he's like, "You don't want this." And he gives me an all CD. Oh, it gives me, uh, okay. Which one? uh, Problematic. Okay. Okay. I think, um, no, 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 I'm sorry. It was the, the all CD that was just called all, and it was a crowdsourced greatest hits of all the all. Yes. Okay. Um, Yeah. It's like, it doesn't really exist anymore, but it it encompasses all their stuff and has all the singers on it which was very confusing listening to it as a kid. Cause I was like, how is this the same? How many people were in this fucking band? Um, but so Eric, N- not, giving not, to me- inter-
0: not to interject, but that's oh, the, that's how I also got introduced to all was that oh, exact cool. same album. And I, and, and I thought the exact same thing. I'm just like, <laughs> so what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, it's just like a
1: compilation album with like the same band. Like, okay,
0: sorry. Anyways, um, Stevenson.
1: But yeah, then, uh, uh so i heard that well that's how i got into punk rock in general okay um and then brad took me to see um shows and he would take me to out of town shows that his band was playing which would be like it's just a different fucking elks lodge or fire hall and whatever town it's nice so i would go to like franklin elks and then oil city and then Meadville, Woodcock Township Building, all that stuff. So I was being exposed to local punk rock bands. Um, Brad played guitar, and I was like, I want to play guitar. And I, my dad also played guitar, but uh, he didn't teach me anything other than a strumming pattern to begin with. And then it was all just like, Brad would print me out tabs, and I just had to figure out everything for myself from there. So I just learned off of watching punk records and tabs That's awesome. or sometimes I had the tabs and not the music because I wasn't allowed to listen to it. So I had to like kind of figure out how that all went together, gotcha. um, which was weird. Uh, super weird. He was also nice enough to, uh, he would dub me tapes and he would turn down the volume during the swear words. So he would he would actually make like parental edits of no effects records <laughs> and like offspring records so it would just get super quiet for uh whatever period of time like in the middle of songs but I was allowed to listen to that so that's awesome so I okay. got to listen to some shout out Brad,
0: to what Brad Brad yeah fucking shout but out fucking to Brad. man that's awesome
1: yeah Brad's the best um yeah all of this is his fault for sure
0: that's awesome fair enough
1: I'll send this to him when it's done <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, this is still your fault, by the way. <laughs> um, but he always said he was always, um, he was always proud of me. He's like, man, you really did that old music thing, huh? That's fucking crazy. You're like the only one. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know if that was a good thing or not to just do it until it, <laughs> until no one else was left. But yeah, but yeah. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, speaking of doing it,
0: like, so what? What you do for a living now is also in a band and your job revolves around a fucking record label.
1: Yeah. I run one. a record label. Yeah. Like a real one. It's, it's very weird.
0: It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Talk about, it is awesome. So, you know, like we signed up for the record club, I... by the way.
1: Oh, you did. Yeah, That's nice. Heck. That's cool. Our records. The first one.
0: Oh, sweet. Oh, yeah. that's Surpr- cool. Surprise. What's like, so, you know, we don't have to get into like the nitty gritty of how you got there or what you do on a day-to-day basis, but like, what are some like takeaways or highlights or, you know, is there advice to bands that are going to talk to you? Like, what do they need to do that's going to make your fucking life easier? Um, You run a record label, you put out small punk bands. Yeah you've got like every band that does the thing with you is the same to start. Like, you know what I mean? Like what's, what could help them out to get, to get to talk to you, to be like, we're not, they're not going to piss you off and be like,
1: I'm not, I'm not dealing with these people. (laughs) Um, it's, I don't know. There's probably not anything I could say that would make a band not be weird. That's the (laughs) thing about um, they are always going to be fucking weird because that's the point. Um, the, re- the way that I started AF Records, so AF Records existed for a long time and then they kind of put it into hibernation after CDs went away and Napster shit. Everybody mm-hmm. lost a lot of money and uh, major label distribution, independent distribution got extremely fucking weird. It's all like businessy shit, but that's what happened. Basically, Best Buy sent everybody's CD back And the way that those distro deals are structured is like you didn't get paid until those sold, but you Mm -hmm. did get an advance on those. So basically Best Buy sent everything back back at once. And then all the distributors were like, um, here's all your shit. We need all that money back. And a lot of labels had spent it on the next bands because everything was just rolling into itself. Mm -hmm. So that's why a lot of labels went down and a lot of, um, uh distributors went down af records didn't go down for that reason because pat is uh analyst fuck when it comes to spending money and is smart so he didn't blow up but he took it as a cue to maybe we should chill yeah on putting out bands because obviously the business has changed yeah because of the internet i can't imagine what kind of fucking wrench that would throw into my gears now um but then after white wives i was working for anti-flag i was driving the bandwagon and I was like, you guys have a record label. Why don't you let me try to put a record out and see if it works? Because having the infrastructure to do that is something I would never have. Um, it's just a broke ass kid. Right. But they had it already. So I was like, maybe I could try. Yeah. And then it worked. And the thing I always wanted when I was anniversary club or uh, anything, like the support I kind of always wanted from a record label was like, honesty about what is actually happening with the way that money and royalties and the way all that stuff works um and then also just like it's just kind of a a loan from someone that believes in the thing that you made right is all a record deal really is um there are predatory ones where um you have to sign away a lot of your rights to get money um there's also predatory most record labels are fucking horrible and they're designed to suck everything they can out of a band um so i just tried to do the opposite of that and my thought process was if i can just exist and have it be a thing that just helps bands and ideally just breaks even, but still creates art at the same time. Eventually that will compound and build into a snowball. And then I'll have like, you know, a whole body of work and it'll be all these bands that had records and could go on tour and could do all their shit. Um, and it didn't really cost anybody anything, but we were able to create all this shit that wouldn't have existed otherwise necessarily. So that's all I really fucking do is it's just like, well, is this worth, I also really like gambling and this is also gambling. You're just like, is this, is this worth a bet? Mm -hmm. Do I think that this band is going to work out and be able to support this art that I think is cool? And that's kind of the only thing I look at when I sign a band. It's like, do I like It's kind of the first thing that's really easy to solve. And then the second thing is like, are these people nice? And then that's kind of, all yeah. that I ever think <laughs> about. I never think about like, is it going to make its money back? Is it going to make money at all? Because it never is. Right. <laughs> the other benefit too is so I can take this DIY mentality and use it. But at the same time, I have the infrastructure of an independent record label Yeah, and, You know, I've also been doing this for a long time, so I have skills that I can pass on to people as they're asking me questions throughout the process. Like, a lot of knowledge that you take for granted when you've been doing something for so long, but just, like, little shit like how to put your record on the internet in a way that isn't silly. Right. Or, like, what what you should spend money on versus what you maybe shouldn't or, um, yeah, just stuff like that. So I just try to um, be a good support system for bands um, that I like their art and they are nice. And sometimes those bands go on to be on bigger record labels than me, which is also something I try to help with because I I also work for Anti-Flag. I have a knowledge of what other labels are like, more serious record labels. And that business gets a lot more sharky up there. And I try to prepare bands that are going to go up there with like, okay, um, we'll get a lawyer and do these things in this specific way. Because like, this is a way to set yourself up for a success when you're talking about, um, a bigger scale, like that sort of thing. Super honest, man.
2: Love the ethics behind it. It's like,
1: there's no other way to do it. It's beautiful. Um, Yeah. There's there's now, a I mean, lot of scumbags in in the um, in the label in the label ether, uh, but um, there's a lot of really really good bands that just like they need. I mean, it costs like fucking six thousand bucks to press LPs, yeah. Like, and just because a band is really good and has the means to do everything else doesn't necessarily mean that they have that. Right. And if I'm able to give them that support in the meantime and it also turns into a cool relationship and then like this is when i'd started af records it was um with my stuff i think we had af55 was the catalog number and we're at 140 Ooh. now so i've almost put out 100 records since i did it as this is my 11th year that's awesome now. man
2: congratulations
1: yeah it's crazy so it's gotten big and there's like yeah and now they're all like buds and shit and they like go on little tours with themselves and like yeah, yeah. it's wild so it's and, and you've it's, you've more facilitated
0: some bands like like exactly what you said from like having to sign a deal with you to like bigger stuff, which is fucking awesome, man. That's that's like you know, those bands are bands that I listen to and you know, I don't know where they'd be without someone like you to help them out along the way. So well, I'm just I know. yeah,
1: maybe. I don't know. I try not to take too much credit. I just send emails and move cardboard around, (laughs) basically, is my whole job. Yeah, Um, but
0: like if 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 you weren't a stepping stone, like there's very few of those. They would have had to have done it a different way and the art would have possibly suffered along the way. You know what I mean? They got to do it with you and not get fucked with. And I think that's there's like we're lucky too that we have. Yeah. um, There's
1: we have those connections too with Labels that are bigger than me mm-hmm. that aren't shitty. So I can be like, you're right. This next record is going to be too big for me because yeah, I them. never want to be any bigger. Um, I just don't want to, it would be too much of a pain in the ass and I wouldn't be able to do things the way that I do stuff with the accounting and it would just be too much of a risk too, I think. Um, but I know larger labels that aren't shitheads, So I can be like, you know, Take a listen to this band. They did really good for me over here. I think they could do even better for you over there. We can support each other in this process. So that's worked worked a couple times too. That's awesome. And then everybody wins. Like the band gets more exposure. Um, Those labels get someone that are, uh, you know, at least moderately established and have like a proven track record. Also, I know that they're not shitheads, so I can be like, hey, they're not shitheads. Yeah. So. There's also a lot of shitheads. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. like the rest it of
2: them. It almost world. seems like mu- the music industry was predatory from the get-go.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, dude.
2: Guys, There's don't really be shitheads, point, um, man. Come
1: on. called. Be fucking uh, nice. So mm-hmm. You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star? Mm-hmm. And um, you should read that, Andrew, if you've never I haven't. That. I'll check it it's out. It's about, it's written from, uh, it's the drummer of Semi Semisonic wrote it. Mm-hmm. Semisonic? Semisonic. sonic. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. I know you mean.
1: And they're, the, yeah, they did the, um, they had the closing time mm-hmm. song. And that book is all about the experience of being a one hit wonder band. Yeah. And what happens. The aftermath. In the major label process. Well, just, oh, no, just like, like the, in the middle I gotcha, of it. I gotcha. Yeah. And the rise through it is the most interesting part because the way that like, There's lots of ways that um, label world and music world get fucky. But one of them is like throughout the process, a lot of musical things find ways to pay themselves for the things that are happening throughout the process. So like you're just as a band, you're just in a machine that is billing you for things that you're never going to pay back because it would be mm-hmm. impossible to. And if you're not acutely aware of that going on, it can be overwhelming. And so you can be semi-sonic and have, have the most biggest hit record of all time, but you still will owe RCA millions of dollars for a thousand years. Cause you're never going to fucking pay back all these things yeah. that they build you for that you weren't aware of at the time. Like, Because they're providing services for you. So it's a lot of those major labels are just like little ecosystems of the grabbing money from you throughout the process in a way to pay themselves back from your future earnings for things they build you for in the beginning kind of thing. It's sneaky.
2: Sneaky.
0: It's yeah, it's it's very sneaky. They they set you up for like comfort. Like, why why don't we uh why don't we go here for a week and check out this studio? See if you like the vibe. And you're like, you don't think to ask, well, who's paying for this? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's you. You're paying for it. Well, that's what you're gonna go check that out, and all of that shit's gonna be billed back to you off of your fucking record sales. Yeah. And no one's (laughs) kind of i'm sorry but like no one's doing that anymore like no one that's listening to this is fucking doing that so like anytime anybody offers you shit figure out who's fucking paying for it you know and do whatever you can yourself and then talk to someone like chris or someone else in his shoes and figure out what the fuck you actually want to do before wasting a bunch of fucking
1: (laughs) money but I, I do listen to everything that comes in. I get it. I get a lot of demos. I gotta listen to like twenty demos a week usually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do listen to everything because you never know yeah. something's gonna be good. I have a. I have a good. Uh, I have a good ear for music that I that is like good. I don't know how else to say that.
0: No, no I mean it's like I, I, well,
1: have I... Good, I have a good. Uh, I know what a good song yeah. is and when i hear it yes. i can be like i was gonna i song. was
0: gonna back you up there like not even genre specific you and me both can listen to it could be fucking anything yes and if it's if it's good we can acknowledge it's yeah. good it could be country it could be pop it could be punk it could be rock whatever the fuck. and if it's good we're like yeah the shit's like fucking me and Chris love the gin blossoms. Andrew, oh, yeah, me and you love the yeah. gin blossoms. Like there's like so many bands on that. You know, I mean Chris became friends watching Justin Timberlake live. You know True, what I mean? Yeah. Like cuz it's fucking good. Yeah. You on know, TV. Like,
1: we didn't go to a JT, show. JT, We didn't go
0: to a show. Yeah, that's right. Y'all think I'm country, we shooting whiskey. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I uh Yeah. I'm on a big Fountains of Wayne kick right Ooh. now. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so that's the thing I'm up to. The but old. Are uh, you
0: listening to old Fountains yeah,
1: yeah. of Wayne or new Fountains of Wayne? No, the, the, the old Fountains
0: of Wayne. Like Sink uh, to the Bottom with You, like radiation vibe album. stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget what that oh, album's called, yeah. but
1: that's, that's the album. It's so I can, good, yeah. Dustin, I'll send you some of these mixes that uh that Tim made because they're fucking so sick. Send them. But, but basically what I – yeah, Tim has curated my uh entire uh musical – it's great Because he sends me these mixes He can Uh, send
0: me them too (laughs) That'd be awesome
1: Oh it's just self-titled That's the name of that record It's just called Fountains of Wayne
0: Oh yeah I think so yeah 1996
1: (sighs) Yeah Yeah record's great
0: So good Dude I think I heard of them The first time On the Jenny McCarthy show That's That's how fucking old I am That's awesome Yeah And when did it come
2: out in 96 I was five <laughs> <laughs> the first time I heard cool. Fountains of Wayne was the hit in the 2000s
0: when I was in. Yeah, Stacey's, Stacey's mom. mom. Yeah, cool. of course. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. Uh, also a great right song. Me, me and, well, me, old fucking Dustin here, was a fan of them back in the 90s. <laughs> okay. So I'm an OG. <laughs> no, I listened to a lot of stuff in the 90s. I wasn't allowed to listen to it.
2: I just, yeah. I didn't know them, you know?
1: I could talk a very, very mad game about Christian punk rock, but um M-X-P-X. I don't have a lot of. I mean, there's so many weird, obscure Christian punk. Yeah,
2: rock bands. my uh, the drummer in my high school band, his dad is a Pentecostal pastor. So, like the okay. the not being able to listen to things, and I know what you mean because he. Oh, they lived. He lived two houses away from me as well. So, like, I got to see it up close and personal. And, like, the, the like, oh, you can't go to Warp Tour, but you can go to Purple Door. And, like, I, I don't know. I was like, what's Purple Door? You know? And he's like, you know, man, there's, like, Christian rock bands. And, like, what? There's a whole other ecosystem of music that, like, it's just out there. I had no idea.
1: Yeah. yeah Chris, crea- we have talked and Cornerstone about. Creation were the big ones that I went to when I was a kid. Okay. I was going to say DC Talk. Yeah, I mean that's pretty. That's fucking gross.
0: We yeah, yeah. thought didn't we um, talk about that band? That that's been a... brought. Yeah, I was gonna say that's been brought up on this podcast. Oh really? It was DC Talk okay. which was like a Christian like that was played at like, that was like high a school. Christian
1: boy band, I guess.
0: Yeah, but the, oh, they rocked out, bro. That's like the mm. honestly DC Talk is like the Christian fuel or like Seether or something oh, like man. Yeah. So it's...
1: there I mean there really was a Christian band for every band that you could think of. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, there was uh there's still really good ones. Um Astral well, Shooter was a... a really good one. Um there is a really good uh like there was so like hardcore punk. The best one was called Officer Negative. Okay. Um that was really good. That's for your like Dead Kennedys-ish. Um mm. All right. That's your like street punk band, officer negative. <laughs> if okay. you want to be uh, in more of a like emoe punk world, that gets into um I guess ace troubleshooter was like more melodic punk. Um, Reliant K was oh, yeah. like pop punk. Forgot a, um, well, yeah,
0: Reliant K was the first one to be like on MTV out of that genre, probably. Yeah.
1: Goaty Hook was another one that was a punk band that kind of turned into a rock and roll band. Um, yeah, they're so fucking.
0: It, dude, it still exists. I mean, the whole um, like it's it's the church or whatever worship yeah. band thing now is 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 huge. I mean, that's that's like a. If you're if you're making pedals or guitars or instruments like that, that's a huge part of like the people that are buying your yeah. shit right now no, like yeah massive All, like every church in america is trying to get people in there and it's bands that are doing it and so like you're a fucking guitar player in high school or whatever and like i mean that that's like that's where you're going if if that's yeah. like you know where your head or what well, like you know, I, I'm i not knocking it, whatever it's you, you Google pedal board, guitar, pedal board, and half of the fucking videos are worship pedal right. boards or rigs or whatever. So like, it's obviously a huge fucking part of the market. Yeah. Which is fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. Those bands were good though. Um, oh dude. Yeah. And you listen to the shit and they're like, they're fucking tight, man. They have to be, it's fucking awesome. Like there's something there they're very fucking yeah, tight so, but they're like doing a very specific right. thing
2: my my generation they're not jamming we out for like an hour Under Oath and emery and things like that yeah like screamo you know but that shit was huge.
1: didn't quite have any screamo yet but yeah that did get huge super yeah. huge um hopes fall yeah the uh there's a very specific uh, we went to cornerstone uh, when I was in high school, I was 16. My dad took me to Cornerstone. And that's when I got to see like uh, every band that I'd ever liked. I never got to see them before. Mm-hmm. And I got to see every band that i had ever listened to that was a Christian punk rock or heavy metal that's band. That's awesome. Like, Zeo was a big yeah. one. Um, but uh, spec- the specific moment that was crazy to me that always sat in my brain, and I thought about later as I was a kid, like growing up and playing shows and doing whatever, is the singer from Me Without You was eating food out of the garbage can. And he grabbed a bunch of food out of the garbage can and sat down at my picnic table with us. Then we were eating and he just started eating it. I was like, holy fuck, that's the singer from Me Without You. And back then they weren't very big. They had just had one record come out, just like any other tooth and nail band. But back then also, because there wasn't the internet really, you were just buying label-focused things. So like when things came out, on that record label, you were like, "Oh, I'll just get that, of course, yeah. because I'll probably like that." Yeah, and, the
2: epitaph, and um, bad thing. That was I mean?
1: But it was, it was even more concentrated because there were oh, and, and yeah. there were so many kids right. like me that were like hungry for something they would be allowed to listen mm-hmm. to. Um, and so you just got whatever came out next, no matter what the fuck it was.
0: <laughs> Dude, um, that's so fucking sad, man. Yeah, it was weird. I, th- I find it but, fascinating. Fuck. Man.
1: But yeah, um, that's always stuck with me. I was like, oh, that guy eats out of the trash. It's cool. <laughs> that's punk as fuck. So
2: cool. What the fuck? Oh, man. That's some that's some cross punk shit right there, man.
0: I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just like, okay. And it's like you and your dad at like a little picnic and you're like, guys took like a burger out of the fucking garbage, guys. What are we doing here?
2: I always Pretty cool. I always hearken back to the King of the Hill episode where Bobby hangs out with the Christian skate punks. It's like classic, man. Hank's it's like, <laughs> Satan sucks on the t-shirt or whatever. Yeah. And Hank's like, you can't wear that. He's like, why, Dad? Do you like Satan? <laughs> <It's> classic. <laughs> like, you just can't wear that. encapsulates that whole thing for me like oh man i didn't that's funny yeah i like didn't know about it at all until i met zeke our drummer and he was like yeah man mxpx and i was like yeah i know that band and he's like showing me he actually had they would pass around uh videos it's like christian mtv or whatever somebody would tape it and they'd like pass it around their like youth groups and stuff and he had this cassette or vhs of like all of these Crazy things that I'd
1: never seen before. I'm like,
2: damn, this dude's rip. Yeah, I
1: forget what channel that was, but there was like a Christian channel and they would do like, um, it would just be like skateboarding and they would play the songs. Yeah. Style. And yeah, we did that too. We would tape it and watch it over and over and over. Mm-hmm. It's so wild, man. Yeah. It's so um, cool, though. MXPX was the biggest one. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I have a tattoo on my arm that says, for always, for an MXPX. That's player, awesome. Yep. Which, no regrets. No regrets. <laughs> um, the, uh, maybe some records. It's kind of morphed. Guys. I got it when I was 17. It looks like it says, uh, Tom Clancy. <laughs> <instead of Gerola. laughs> Always also stuck with me when, uh, I went to warp tour when I was 15. Also, also tricked my dad into taking me to that, which we had to leave. This is a very good story. I'll make it very short. Um, MXPX was playing Warp Tour. So I tricked my dad into thinking that Warp Tour was okay <laughs> for me to go see MXPX at. This was the year that um Green Day was on Warp Tour. I think this was oh, shit. Two, okay. uh, 99 maybe. Sure. Um and so we went and MXPX was playing right after No Effects, <laughs> and I wanted to be up front for MXPX. So I said I have to go up there for No and wait to see MXPX. Also, I love no effects, but dad wasn't allowed to know that because those CDs were hidden somewhere yeah. else. Mm-hmm. Um, that year, fat Mike had this three foot long dildo <laughs> that he was hitting the security guards in the head with <laughs> for the entire show. And I'm up there stacked in behind all these people, like knowing my dad is somewhere watching <laughs> this happen and watching me watch this happen. And I'm like, well, I can't get in trouble if I just stay up here. Um, So I waited. We watched MXPX, and as soon as MXPX was done, he's like, we are out of here. We are leaving, dude. Because he just watched Fat Mike (laughs) hit these security guards in the head with this giant dildo. I mean, it was fucking huge. It was like a cartoon.
2: That is so funny.
1: As we're leaving, Green Day is starting. And I am... And I've brought this up to him a million times. I'm like, do you realize that I missed like one of the most iconic rock performances of all fucking time that day as you were dragging me to the minivan, because you were pissed about no effects? I missed a literal moment in history because you didn't want to let me see Green Day. Yeah. Um, But that was a cool ass Warped Tour when they still had like skateboarders and shit and it was still Mm -hmm. like lawlessness. Yeah,
2: my first warp Tour, Walt took cool. me to. There was still skaters the first couple of years I went when I was a kid. Yeah, hell yeah. Sick. yeah. I was super young. I was like 13, I think, the first time he took me. that kind of thing like, who's this guy that's your sibling's age that's going to take you to warp Tour? <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it's it. It's like, well, my buddy Walt. Yeah, yeah. Walt had to come and like, meet my mom and tell her that it was going to be all right. And uh, I remember him and his buddy were like, on the way home i was like they said something about weed and i was like i'll smoke weed man and they they wouldn't they wouldn't smoke weed with me because i was so young they're like nope not happening not happening it's just like (laughs) ah good friends man that's good that's good
0: yeah you're like i'll I'll, do that i'll totally do
2: do that corrupting this kid right yeah
1: i'd smoked weed probably like three uh, times
2: at that point you know Let's
0: give them two years and we'll fucking. But the point of that
1: story was uh, before MXPX played, they had like a meet and greet thing at their tent. And I stood in the line to ask Tom how to play uh, (gasps) a specific song because I couldn't figure out how to make it sound. And he fucking told you, right? Exactly. Yes. That's awesome. And I was like, hey, Tom, I just had one question. I'm trying to figure out how to play the intro to My Life Story because also I I know how to play every MXPX song. I, that was what I was doing with that's how I learned how to play bass and guitar yeah. was I got the tabs from the internet. They were always like a little yeah. wrong. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. so they you still had, are, you had to like fill in the gap. Yeah. Um, which I feel like also made me a, be a guitar player too. Okay. Um, I want to yeah, come Tom, back to something, but go ahead. yeah, Tom was like, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just open a that whole time. You don't have to be all the way up there doing anything weird. It's just open a and, uh, um, 9 and 11, and then you go to the D chord from there. It's it's super easy, man. And I was like, fuck, god damn. Tom's so nice. It's like, the best day of my life. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. those dudes are yeah, super nice. Shout out to Tom.
0: I'm. That's fucking awesome, they man. They signed some shit when I was a kid, too. Super. But also, what the fuck is wrong with anyone that writes guitar tabs on the internet? I don't internet? know. They're all wrong. Know. Yeah, I don't know For either. everything
1: yeah i think it's a conspiracy to make people suck
2: well i remember having to like (laughs) watch that vhs and be like okay he's doing this in chick magnet on the bass. like that tab is wrong (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. so well the few
1: times we've done cover sets for stuff for fest we've done we did a sam i am cover set we did the weaker dance cover set and when we did sam i am it was really hard because um, there's nothing
0: to go off of yes i bet
1: um, there are some like videos like, but they're obscure 90s things. Yeah. And when we played the bass player for Sam, I am his name is Chad and he lives in Gainesville. So he came to the show. Oh, shit. Um, and it was fucking wild. Um, we did a good job. He made me drink Jägermeister, which is a fucking pain in the ass. But That's other cool. than that, it was a great time. That is sick. Good for Chad. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Chad's the best, but, um, yeah, it's fucking annoying as shit trying to go through tabs to pick out what's real and what's fake. Because it's almost always horribly wrong. At some point you're like, and you end up going like... Broom.
0: Yeah, you're like, who is doing <laughs> this? Yeah, not so it? so yeah, guitar players that are listening that are just starting, just because it's on the internet does not mean that's what they're fucking playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's, it's almost certainly you, not at all what they're playing. I, I don't know how to tell you how to find the one that sounds right, but like... <laughs> If, if there's, there's six of them, like we had to, <laughs> yeah, just like play and play and fucking play until it fucking sounds right or ignore all of it and just sit there and figure it out. Like we, did. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was telling Jess, I was like, I have, I still
2: have it, but it's like a little notebook of all these little, all these green day songs that I tapped out in a notebook when I was a kid. And it's like, okay, like yeah. you have to strum it a certain way for it to sound like it because he plays guitar real weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I remember it's just like fascinating to think about how we had to learn guitar and now people can just like, I'm gonna sit down, and pop on the TV, and play along. <laughs> like, I got yeah. beat out him, right, and good people
0: point. like that. Yeah. Well, hey, it's, man, Chris, it's been an hour and a half. If you gotta go, you gotta go if you want to oh, talk. Oh, sure we can, we can hang. I don't, uh, I just, no, I just, yeah. Same. Um,
1: yeah, yeah that's was nice. Yeah. Thank you for coming, man. Dude, this is awesome, man. This cover songs in a long time. The cool thing about doing a cover set for a whole thing is like, and having to learn like eight songs for a band is you really start to do the, especially Sam. I am, I really got into the head of mm-hmm. surgery yeah. and I was like, Whoa, this is, he's using the same, And once you figure out like the tricks patterns and then you're like, Oh, you're doing the same sort of transitions or like, okay, you're only on this for, you're only on the third note for half the time. And you do that all the time. Mm -hmm. And you're like, ah, fuck, that's cool. Each band has their own little like new that makes them love it. Yeah. And once you key into it, you're like, Oh, that's in every song. You fuckers. That's cool.
0: All right. Yeah. Dude, it's so cool because like, where does that come from? Like, it's all the same chords. Like, what did that guy listen to yeah. that made him do that? Yeah. You I know? Don't know, like uh, it's, it. yeah, it's fascinating to me. Like the, the backstory of where people get their inspiration
1: from. The, uh, it, Chad's super nice. I've been lucky enough to hang out with Chad for a couple of times. Um, he's also in, uh, uh, Chris Wallard and the ship thieves band. And, um, He's, he's been a Gainesville bass player I've known for a million years. Yeah, amazing. Um, like, but other than phenomenal Chad, musician, I've never talked to anybody else from Sam I Am. And then I watched him at Fest last year, and I was backstage, and the guitar player was there. And I just said, hey, that was great. That was a really great show. I'm really excited for the new record. And he shook my hand, He just goes, was it? And he walked <laughs> away. I was like, oh fuck, was I'll it? cherish this forever. Oh, that was the that was insane. Yeah. What was it? Vanish.
0: <laughs> Into <laughs> the, the like, wind. Perfect. Okay. All right, cool. Into the wind. God damn. All right. Sick. Well, <laughs> I guess I would like to ask if this was awesome. <laughs> yeah, this was awesome. All right. Was cool. it? Was it? Was it? All right. <laughs> this has been first with foremost. Episode number eight, Christo. Uh, Chris, what, like, where do you, where do people find you? What do you, what do you want to send them to?
1: F oh, records, um, night marathons. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You can go to night marathons on the internet. <laughs> okay. Just type that, just type that word. We're the only one that there is. <laughs> yeah. All, this All stuff the will links will be in this stuff. Yeah. I don't have anything for myself. Um, cool. Yeah. Nobody needs to promote a record label. That's silly. <laughs> fair enough <laughs> dude love you man thank like you, you for doing Thanks this for sure.
0: uh honestly to, yeah i feel like we just scratched the surface man we got to do this again yeah. for sure sounds uh, good it's been super cool uh andrew love you brother what do you got for
2: us oh not much i'm just uh living in dog land over here that's about yeah. it i finished my telly you gotta okay so, i mean Let's let's save that yeah, for the next episode. That's really that's Tell really all I've been up to is that work
0: and dogs. Cool. Yeah. Puppies. All right. Puppies, well man. Yeah. Turn through wires. Turn through the
2: goddamn
0: <laughs> Wi Fi wires. All
2: right. All right. Peace see out. <laughs> all right, see you guys. Thanks for listening.